Hi everyone, today's guest is an incredible counselling psychologist who after having her own child has been able to bring realism and practicality into techniques to overcome anxiety. In this candid episode we also explore the invisible load that the modern mother is carrying today and speak about the reality versus expectations that we all battle with daily. Someone I've personally followed the journey of through her social media, it's very exciting for me to bring you the very talented Dr. Chloe Bedford. So I'm um, Chloe, I'm a counselling psychologist. Um, In my day job, I work with um, children and adolescents and their parents with a kind of wide range of mental health problems, um, including anxiety, which I know we're going to talk about today. Um, But I'm also a mum to a three-year-old, and I think that's given me a much um, deeper insight into what it's like for my uh, my clients um, and the the kind of families that I'm working with because I think um, becoming a parent kind of comes with a whole new kind of range of anxieties and and actually um, it's helpful to kind of understand what it really is like to be a parent um, and when you're sharing um, you know advice and information um, knowing what it's like to be on the receiving end of that I think is really really helpful. Today we are going to be talking about anxiety in motherhood um, so do you want to begin with kind of talking about what is anxiety what are the kind of signs for it what do we look out for? So I guess anxiety is a really kind of broad term um, but it's it's kind of um lots of worrying so anxiety is kind of constantly finding yourself worrying about anything and everything it's sometimes it can be that worry if it's kind of makes you feel so paralyzed that you can't do anything that you can't kind of think what to do next can be kind of all consuming sometimes Um, and I think anxiety can often stop you from doing things that that you want to do Um, and I, and I guess kind of from a kind of clinical point of view, we're talking, we're thinking about kind of anxiety, kind of preventing you from kind of functioning in your kind of day-to-day life in the way that you would like to be able to do. It kind of stops you from sleeping. Sometimes when you feel really anxious, um, it can stop you from kind of eating even because you feel really sick and kind of getting those butterflies in your tummy. Sorry, I work with children, you can tell. <laughs> but, um, it, it can kind of give you kind of stomach cramps and things like that, make it really difficult to kind of, to, to do anything. Um, and, and often people with anxiety, just kind of making simple decisions can be kind of really difficult because you worry about almost every possible outcome. I think anxiety is, is such a broad term. It kind of covers so many things. Um, and I guess we, we said we'd sort of have a chat about anxiety and motherhood. And I think the kind of biggest anxiety is often what, what if um, something happens to my child um, or the, the kind of big one for me personally is what if I'm really screwing this up yeah. and kind of trying to kind of figure out what the best is to do for your child, but not really knowing what the best is. Yeah, because mother, it doesn't come with a manual, does it? Every child yeah. is different. Um, I mean, I've got three of my own and I know that each one I've had to learn how to parent them because each one is completely different to the other. Um, so it's not like, you know, paint everyone with the same brush. Um, so it's quite, would you say it's quite normal to get anxious as a mother? Absolutely. And I think, I mean, I think that's the other thing as well is anxiety is a, norm, a normal um, human response. If we didn't get anxious 
you've been hit by a bus by now. Like that anxiety tells you that you need to be careful, that you need to kind of worry about something. I think it's when that anxiety becomes all consuming and you really can't do anything because of the anxiety is when it becomes a problem. And I guess it's about kind of recognizing that actually, do you know what? Of course you're worried as a mom, because of course you want to do the best for your child because of you want to be a good parent, you care about your child, you love your child. So it is gonna make you feel anxious. And it's about kind of being able to kind of plow through that. I think the other side of it is, is you've had nine months where you are that the sole kind of survival mode of this baby. Um, mm. You know, that baby is completely relying on you for their survival. And I think you kind of, when baby comes out, it's almost like you're still in that same mindset that their survival is based on you and what you do and how you do. And I think sometimes it can, like you're saying, be consuming because you get so wrapped up in it that you can't see anything other than this little baby that you need to look after and you need to nurture and grow and you know do everything for really absolutely and I think like in the in the era of kind of social media yeah. honestly you just feel like you can't do right for doing wrong yeah um and everybody's sort of throwing different advice out there and you're like okay well which which one do I do and I, I find that even as a kind of professional you're sitting there going Okay, I know I do this from my job, but it feels very different when it's my own child. And here are all these people throwing out different pieces of advice and um, they're all very contradictory. Yeah. And trying to navigate my way through this is feeling impossible and completely overwhelming. Because yeah. I remember with mine, um, one of the biggest things was that your midwife will tell you something, your health visitor will tell you something completely different. If you get seen by another health visitor, they'll tell you something completely different. And you're just like, what do you do? <laughs> like, you know, okay, fair enough. There's textbooks, there's all this mm. that you can do, but then nothing is, like you're saying, you know, it's just contradictory, isn't it? Like you just don't know who you're going to. And I think that just kind of adds a spanner in the works. You just don't know if you're doing it right. And, and I think it can be incredibly kind of isolating as well. And, and you just brought into mind for me, I remember when my daughter was 11 days old and very in mind, I am a psychologist. I do work with children and um, have a kind of fairly good understanding of attachment. And um, the health visitor came in and told me that I was holding my baby too much. And that if I didn't put her down, that I was going to damage her development and this went into, it went against my instincts, it went against everything I knew, and it just put me into a total tailspin for about 24 hours, thinking I was ruining my child's life because I wouldn't put her down, and eventually it took a few people to kind of talk me down from that, and I think it's really difficult, isn't it, when you're in that really vulnerable position, and it doesn't really matter, and telling you this as a professional, it doesn't really matter how much you know when it comes to your own child and that fear of screwing it up yeah. is quite intense. Yeah. So, I mean, what can you do to kind of combat anxiety? Like if you can, if you go through this, like the symptoms mm -hmm. you've said, if any mother out there or, you know, anyone in the family thinks, hold on, you know, these are the kind of symptoms so-and-so is displaying, what can people do to combat it? I think there's lots of different levels. I mean, I think it depends on kind of the level of anxiety. And if, if it's kind of, I think what happens sometimes with new mums is you've just become, or even in pregnancy, you've become so anxious that you just can't sleep. And you are finding that you're getting very tearful. You're very upset all the time. You might be feeling like, um, 
sort of experiencing panic attacks or where you feel that you can't breathe, where you can't catch your breath, um, where you can almost feel paralyzed by fear. And I think actually that's when you'd be thinking you need to go see your GP. Yeah. And I think if, if you're listening to this and, and, and you're thinking about kind of your partner or a friend um, or, or kind of family member, you're thinking, OK, actually, is this about having that really gentle conversation of are you are you OK? And actually, is this worth um, getting sort of somebody else in to kind of help some kind of professional support and seeing maybe kind of what options that might be open to you for that? Um, because I think it can be. And I think. Um, Another thing that is quite common and that can be really frightening is experiencing intrusive thoughts that can make you feel even more anxious. And, and I can tell you that it's something that I've experienced of, oh my gosh, something really bad's gonna happen to my baby. And again, if that's causing massive amounts of anxiety, I'd recommend kind of going to see your, your kind of GP. Yeah. Um, what I will add is these intrusive thoughts um, are, I think there's research to suggest actually they're really common. And I, and, I, and I guess I knew that as a professional, that these thoughts of, oh my God, something really bad's gonna happen to my baby. Or um, if, if I let somebody else hold my baby, something bad's gonna happen. Mm. Um, it doesn't mean that something bad's gonna happen. And also it's just a thought and kind of reminding yourself, actually, these are just thoughts. And just because I'm thinking something doesn't mean it's gonna happen. It doesn't mean that I'm gonna do it. Um, because sometimes people can get thoughts of you know dropping their baby or um a common one I've heard is you know they're going to drop them down the stairs and that doesn't mean you're going to do it it's just a thought that's in your head I think um saying these things out loud and I guess my experience um when my daughter was 11 days old in the health visitor what I found helped was actually just talking to different different people like not professionals but you know my husband friends family members and helping you to kind of make sense of that information and sometimes you need to do that to talk to a few different people to get a few different perspectives just to help you to make sense of it in your head to figure out what you're going to do and I still do that now sort of my daughter likes to throw curveballs all the time <laughs> and how am I going to deal with this and because I think it does take a village yeah. to bring up a child and getting other people's um having other people to listen to you I think talking out loud I think can be really helpful um I think um breathing when you find that everything is just completely overwhelming when the thoughts are just kind of racing through your head being like right okay I just need to pause yeah. and breathe and what am I going to do next yeah. um and and the other thing that I found really helpful actually was um, taking my baby out for a walk and just helping you to kind of clear your head. So kind of just getting that movement in and it doesn't have to be, you know, miles and miles. It can just be around the block, especially when you've not long had a baby. So you're very into your running, your social yeah. media, <laughs> your social media content on running and mental health. Um, it's really like it bring. I'm guessing it brings a lot of people together because there are a lot of people out there who are looking for something that they can do to kind of combat whatever's going on in 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 your head with all these thoughts and you know all these almost like expectations that people have, um, which I think is a big thing. So, how has exercise impacted your mental health as a mother? 
I'm pretty sure it makes me a much more pleasant human being to be around. Um, I, I mean, I can remember kind of, you know, when they're really tiny and feeling really touched out. And um, I mean, my daughter literally, she wanted breastfed every 45 minutes, wanted held all the time. And sometimes you just need a break from that. And even when it was like right back at the beginning, doing kind of couch to 5k and you're I mean I think I was out of the house maybe for like 10 minutes but even just that made me feel so much better and I think when things are feeling really intense I mean the other times when I found it really helpful is you know when bedtime can be a really fraught time and actually just being able to hand her over to my husband and be like right okay I'm going out I'm going out for a run now because otherwise I'm going to scream yeah and sometimes literally just running out of the door yeah it make you feel so much better even though you're going to come back just that yeah that freedom of just running out the door when all you want to do is run away I think for me it can be really kind of powerful um and again I think you know it helps with I find it really helpful for kind of problem solving and you know my daughter is doing this this week how on earth am I going to manage that she's decided she doesn't want to wear clothes anymore brilliant okay well how am I going to <laughs> how are we going to sort of figure this out or you know she's I mean we, we've had we, we've had lots of issues with kind of separation anxiety and, and you get stuck in the rut don't you with kind of just trying to do the same things over and over again and how are we going to do things a bit differently and it helps me to get out of my own head and think about you know problem solve how can we manage this and kind of gain perspective of what you're going yeah. through now yeah yeah, yeah when I, totally, I totally agree when my when my second uh, was born um, she she was colic and literally we had like between i think 6 and 11 p.m every evening it was just non-stop crying it was horrendous and literally we would just pass the baby from one person to another so when one person's feeling tired baby gets passed on and i think I think for the first six months, I don't think I even left the house. I think my whole routine was just sleep when babies like trying to like sort themselves out. Um, obviously hold the baby most most of the evening and uh, feed because she would just wanted to be breastfed. Like so she was up in the night and then she just sleep in the day. But when she sleeps in the day, she just wants constant feeding. And it was such a vicious cycle. And it's not until like my health is said you need to get out like that is going to be your biggest thing. And it was like, I think the minute I started going out, like you're saying, for little walks in the pushchair, you know, I think it just kind of gave, gained perspective that there's more to it. It's not just just this cycle of like feeding and, you know, trying to sort baby out and then feeding again. Um, so it's it's massive, I think. I think just simply going out for a walk, it, it works mm. wonders. And I think it's so underrated um, for what it actually does to you. So, I mean, like, okay, so we're talking about getting out. Obviously, mm. we've just all come out of COVID. Um, I mean, what's your take on like the invisible load that moms have to go through post-COVID? Because that's like a big, big thing right now, isn't it? Oh, yeah. And I think, I mean, I think even in COVID, the invisible load, like just trying to remember, you know, you when you're trying to remember everything else, have we got, you know, have we got all the right things in the nursery bag? What, who's doing what on what days? Um you know who's available who's doing pickup who's doing drop off who's and making sure um when they're little you know nap times are happening because you know trying to fit in their routine and trying to hold their routine in mind for me it was like 
my husband was like you're not thinking about you know you you booked to do this in the middle of nap time like you're not thinking about these things yeah. so you've got all of that kind of normal mother well mother load that, that we kind of all have to carry and then it's like have I remembered a mask yeah. and does everyone wash their hands have you got your sanitizer <laughs> have you got your hand sanitizer yeah. who's forgotten that okay brilliant somebody's forgotten their mask and now we all need to go back and find it and yeah, yeah, um, yeah. and and that kind of you know the, the routine of you know keys wallet phone as you're leaving the house baby change bag and then you've got hand sanitizer mask um making sure everybody's socially distancing and all the rest of it it was just so much and then I think we're kind of in this kind of weird world where we're kind of carrying on as normal and but some people are kind of feeling really anxious and kind of trying to be mindful of that and other people are kind of you know touching everything and not bothered um and I think as well like lots of um lots of women have had to take a step back from their work and their career um in order to do the homeschooling and kind of managing all of that lots of people have lost their jobs and I think a lot of that was women who kind of lost who, who kind of ended up being made redundant as a result of, of the the pandemic and that added stress and the added kind of financial pressure on families I think is is massive it's just it's kind of stripped you to your necessities and then mm. you're kind of having to still carry on as normal living like that and I think mm. even like even now after obviously we're out of covid um like the restriction side of things mm-hmm. um we're still carrying on with that same load almost but it's just yeah. gone back to this this almost like this new normal for motherhood like this modern mother has to be this bionic woman that just handles everything yeah. um, and and I think I mean I think for me so I had my daughter um 2019 we did lots of baby classes had to leave them all within 20 minutes because she was having a meltdown didn't want to be put down and so it was really difficult to kind of get to know other mums make any mum friends and then when she was a bit by the time she was a bit more settled um all the baby classes like we went into covid and so everything was cancelled and so kind of then trying to get to know other mums has been quite difficult and quite isolating and I, and I know that I'm not alone in that kind of experience that so you feel that you're holding all of this on your own yeah. and now she's at a point where suddenly we've gone from having nothing to um and a lot of classes in our area just kind of they went under and lots of things just never came back again so trying to find things for her to go to was really difficult and now things are kind of um, up and running again a bit more. She's now three and suddenly there's this expectation that she gets dropped off at these classes by herself, having never done yeah. anything like that before and having had this really nice bubble where it's been mummy and daddy and her at home. And now it's like, and, and she was at nursery, but now it's like, you know, just leave her at a class. And I guess I suppose that was when you were talking about anxiety and parental anxiety and child anxiety, I, that really kind of struck a chord for me because we've had lots of issues in terms of trying to drop her off at classes and then she gets really anxious. And then I'm getting anxious because she's getting anxious. And then I'm getting cross because I'm like, we've paid for this. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, you're not allowed to get cross because she's anxious. Yeah. And it's managing all of that, I think, just feels like another level on top of... Yeah everything else I completely relate my little one um was born 2019 in august and literally it just felt like 
because with the other two I was very hands-on I ended up taking them to like pretty much every class you can think of you know we did we were doing like a lot of things um with them like taking them out things like that and then I had my third and everything kind of just stopped we were in the house all the time because obviously the other two had homeschooling so one was in one room the other one was in the other room I had a baby and it was just like trying to navigate through that um but as she's grown older she's she's kind of like I think her first year was just like she just saw us day in day out and this became part of her life so then now when we take her out like you're saying it's almost this thing that you've gone from nothing to kind of being open to so many different things and that and you can see that she's growing but she's she's kind of picking up so much now like with every other day I'm like oh my god she's grown so much because she's picked up so much but then at the back of my head as a mother I'm like the kids have lost out on so much like so as a mother you kind of think you need to fill that void so whether it's schoolwork you know we're you know we're putting our kids into tuition classes now so they they make up for the time lost at school um even with with my youngest I'm like right we need to be doing a lot more hands-on things a lot more practical stuff but obviously the modern mother like post-covid I don't know if it's just me but I just think that we've become a lot more busier um mm-hmm. since covid I feel like we're just there's always something to do extra and then throwing those moms that have to go back to work full time um it's a lot it's a lot to kind of just just get your head around isn't it yeah and I mean I, I'm sort of nodding away completely relating to what you're saying in terms of like I feel because my daughter's an only child that you know she's massively missed out socially and so you feel like you need to just keep throwing her at all of these things and then she's getting more anxious because you're just like you need to do this you need to do this you've missed out on this yeah. and also that kind of pressure to feel like you know you've got play dates coming out your ears because yeah. she's missed out on all of this and um yeah and I'm like I suppose I wasn't a parent to a three-year-old before the pandemic and I was like well was it like this before or but there's that fear of catching up for all the things they've missed out on and I think for a long time it felt like there was a fear of it being taken away again so trying to cram as much as you could in before it all got taken away again it's it's yeah I think I think a lot of moms are going through this and I think Mm -hmm. it's I think I, I guess it helps now that play dates have started again because you're kind of learning how another mom is coping. But at the mm-hmm. same time, you've kind of got to fit fit in a little bit because obviously you've got your own little way of doing things. Mm-hmm. And now that is post like obviously doing COVID, you're kind of just carrying on and trying to find your way through um, what works for you and your family. Um, but now you've got play dates, and now you have to kind of match up almost and try and meet that expectation that yeah you're going to be at every play date that gets asked like thrown you away um when there are times when you know you have to say actually I can't do this like it's just too much you need to take a step back and say no and I think you have and I guess kind of bring it back to anxiety I think you have to be mindful of your own anxiety and the stories that you're telling yourself in your head about actually what's going to happen if they miss out on this how because actually it's probably not going to mess up their development yeah that much but I think there's a fear that actually and and I I kind of a bit of a narrative I'm hearing from other people that you know they've missed out on so much so therefore they're going to be really messed up yeah as a result so you need to do all of this stuff to overcompensate and it's that fear of wanting to do the absolute best for your child and wanting to undo what's happened except you can't undo what's happened 
and and actually being mindful that you're probably being driven by your own anxiety and maybe if you step, take a step back things will be okay mm-hmm. and the more that you're getting really anxious and the more that you're worrying about these things the more your children are hearing you get anxious and worry about these things and the more they think that there's going to be a problem yeah so what what would be like your say your top three points to give to any mums that might be feeling this way is there any any sort of advice that you can give to them I would say find somebody a safe person that you feel able to talk about it with somebody who's hopefully not going to get caught up in your anxiety so you're not going to be both sitting there panicking together and winding each other up but a calm person you feel you can trust because sometimes when you start to talk about these things out loud you realize how caught up you're getting sometimes you realize how ridiculous you're being because you get them and I'm the worst person for this you kind of get it stuck in your head and it's going round and round in your head and you're starting to panic and then you say it to somebody else and they're like mate I had the same with my kid like this is normal don't worry about it um because the more you make these things into a big deal the more of a big deal you often become yeah I think when you know when you start to feel maybe in your body that panic rising that kind of knot in your stomach try and find a way to take a step back and just breathe and if that is kind of getting out for a walk or you know locking yourself in the toilet and having a coffee if you have to if you're surrounded by whatever you need to do just to get five minutes to just breathe and say to yourself do I need to be getting this anxious Mm. I guess kind of the the third one is sort of just trying to remind yourself that just because you're thinking it doesn't mean it's true but I think it's really important with that to actually surround yourself with people that would be that would give you that level of support I think Mm. there's a lot of there's a lot of stigma attached to having anxiety having anything that affects your mental health um, Mm. with motherhood because you're often your worth as a mother is often kind of judged by how well you cope Um, and I think there's a lot of moms out there who who need that validation from an external source Mm. when really I think it's really important to kind of hone in and understand that that validation is someone's opinion what you are is what you are like you can't you can't take that away that you are a good mom um and yeah we all have those bad days but that doesn't make you a bad mom you know and I think I think it's a it's yeah it's it's one of those things that I think because I've heard it from a lot of friends that say you know what I'm such a bad mom I told my child off I told my child off for misbehaving and then you feel so guilty and then that mom guilt creeps in because obviously mom guilt never goes away um it's always there you know when you when you least need it um but it's it's almost this thing that you have to kind of live up and almost perform perform as a mother to be able to feel like a good mother almost and and I think it's about finding finding those people in your life who who get it and finding those people in your life where you feel safe to be vulnerable because you have to in order to be able to say this is what's going on for me you have to allow yourself to be vulnerable and 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 sort of talk about actually this is what I'm feeling this is what I'm worrying about this is what's going on for me um and I think 
I, I wouldn't say, you know, just do it with anybody. I think you need to find the right people to do that with. And I suppose coming back to kind of running and why I find that helpful is for me, I have a group of friends I go running with, which for me is quite helpful because they're a bit older, their kids are a bit older. And so when I'm talking about what's gone on with my child, they're like, yeah, like we had that. Get it, yeah. You'll get through it. Um, and 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 that is very it's very reassuring but it's it's making sure that you have whatever your community is finding people in your community that you feel safe to talk to and I think sometimes for some mums that can be the tricky bit because I, I I'm hearing what you're saying in terms of you go to you know you go to play group and there are all the mums that you know look like they've got it together who look like I was keeping through <laughs> who their child came out the uterus using cutlery and all the rest of it sleeping through the night no issues potty training where you know in out of nappies by their first birthday and that's not necessarily helpful and I think there are people out there who will try and make themselves feel more secure by judging you, which really yeah. just makes them feel more insecure because that's reinforcing their own beliefs around not being a good enough mother. Yeah. But they're the, and, and so it's being mindful of, of finding the right people. Yeah. And also surrounding yourself with the right people. Like mm-hmm. you shouldn't feel ashamed to say, actually, I don't want to be around so-and-so because they bring me down. Like, you know, yeah. it's not a bad thing to say that because you're protecting your mental space, and if your mm-hmm. mental space is in a good place, then you you'll you be, you will be a better mother. You will be a better person, which will obviously be better for your children, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and I think as well, it's about you know showing your children that it's okay to talk about these things. It's okay to feel anxious. Yeah, it's normal to feel anxious. Yeah, yeah. Because we we've got this thing in our house that we 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 sit down and we talk about what what we feel like. So even if I say if I've had a bad day and the kids are just not listening, I will sit them down and I will tell them that mommy's had a really bad day today. Um, yes, I have raised my voice a little bit. It's not the right way of doing it, but mommy needs that time just to be able to breathe. Um, and I think as they've got older, they're maturing a lot more because they're seeing reality that it's okay to have a bad day. It's okay to you know handle things a certain way as long as you can kind of bring yourself back to mm. reality almost and I think it's a life lesson that a lot of children especially in today's day I think they need to see that that they don't need to always be at the top they don't always need to be you know the best of the best all the time like it's okay for them to be able to regulate emotions and you know to be able to do these things absolutely and I think um often there's a really strong narrative you know you've got an anxious child and then everyone else is flapping around them saying don't be anxious don't be anxious and then they think I'm not allowed to be anxious I need to be happy all the time there's something wrong with me and the more you fight the anxiety actually the more anxious you feel um and so by showing your children that actually you can feel anxious or you can feel angry or you can feel sad and you can work your way through it and you can be okay at the other end is so important. Um, because actually then they think, okay, well, I can do that too. And also I'm not the only person who feels anxious. I'm not the only person who feels sad. I'm not the only person who feels angry. Yeah it's it's so true it's so true it has a knock-on effect and I don't think I don't think we as parents realize just how much 
they actually look up to us and they they mirror almost what we do like my my like she's my youngest she's literally talking how I talk it's like a literal mini, mini me at the moment and I haven't realized that until very recently because if my if second talks to my youngest she will literally say things to her like you need to go to sleep now it's bedtime you know like and, and she'll say it in such a tone like I do um so then it gets me thinking oh actually I should have changed the way I speak about it because this is how she's talking um so it kind of gives you that reality check that oh okay I'm, I'm raising a little mini me <laughs> but no I I am um... I, I, yeah, I mean, I've realised there are things that I didn't realise that I said, and so I had them repeated back to me, and my daughter for ages is going, um, no, and I'm thinking, you're two, where's this attitude come from? Yeah. Um, and then my husband was like, yeah, but when you say no, you go, um, no, because often like, I'm thinking about something, so I go, uh, no, but she's like repeating it back to me, not yeah. realising, you know, <laughs> And you're like, okay, I need to, I need to, you're right, I need to think about how I'm speaking to you. I think we've covered so many topics and I think it's been really helpful. You've been a pleasure to have on this podcast. Uh, just wanted to really say that I'm really appreciative that we've taken the time out to, you know, come on and have a chat with us. No worries, it's my, been my pleasure. It's been a great chat.